Hello and welcome to your favorite YouTube channel, Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. My Cartoonist Kayfabe partner, Ed Piscor, is on Manga Quest in Tokyo. But I have a new book coming out this week, so I had to do an emergency episode and preview Street Angel, Princess of Poverty. Before we dive into this preview, I want to remind everybody the Cartoonist Kayfabe is a daily comic book YouTube channel. We have over 1,500 videos in our back catalog. You can search for those on the Cartoonist Kayfabe YouTube homepage in the little search box with the magnifying glass. Look for your favorite cartoonist, look for your favorite comics, and uh, we probably already talked about some subject that is near and dear to your heart. I also want to remind everybody that we have a Cartoonist Kayfabe Patreon with three different levels that will get you access to our videos ahead of time before they're released to the general population. And at the King Kayfabe level, you will get access to all of our videos first because you can sit in on our live recording sessions. This gives you a leg up on the Kayfabe effect. Often whenever we cover a book, if it's a little bit rare or expensive, it can get hard to find and it can go up in price. So you want to be the first ones in line looking for that book on the aftermarket. Join the Cartoonist Kayfabe Patreon to get a leg up. All right, so the big news for me today is finally Street Angel, Princess of Poverty, is hitting comic book shops and bookstores this week. I am super excited as a cartoonist. One of the greatest moments is whenever a new book is published. You do a lot of work to get to this stage, and it's exciting to actually see it at the finish line. So starting off, you see Street Angel, Deadliest Girl Alive, and Princess of Poverty. These books are both published by Image Comics, and now they're both in print and available. They collect all of the Street Angel comics that I have made to date. And I should say, Street Angel Princess of Poverty celebrates 20 years of Street Angel comics. The very first Street Angel comics were published in 2003 by SLG, and uh, we will get a look at those as we go through the preview today. So let's dig in. Street Angel Princess of Poverty does collect all of the work that is not in Deadliest Girl Alive. Deadliest Girl Alive starts with the image comics that came out in, I believe, beginning in 2018 and are in full color. The original Street Angel series begins in black and white with a smaller publisher. At the time, 20 years ago, if you were self-publishing comics, or if you were working with a small indie publisher, chances are your comics were gonna be in black and white. That had been my goal for a very long time. And so black and white was, you know, mostly where my focus was. It included the artists that I was following and looking at for inspiration. Um, the black and white art is pretty much what I focused on because one, I wasn't uh, interested in doing Marvel DC work at that time. And two, I didn't really wanna stare at a screen and color my comics digitally. I had a day job where I was looking at a screen doing graphic design for 45 hours a week. When I got home at night or in the morning before work, I wanted to draw on paper. And so black and white was the main focus. And that's what you'll see in this collection as we leaf through it. Uh, I linger here on this first spread with, the, uh, with some color. This is a reproduction of the Street Angel mini comic cover. It was offset printed one color. Um, before I started working as a designer, I had worked at a uh, print shop. And so I was familiar with what that print shop could produce uh, on site. It was a very small operation, but they did have a one color offset press. 
and I thought when I was making mini comics that if I added a color uh, ink, red in this case, that it would make my mini comics stand out from everybody else's at SPX and, and Space and Mocha. So for a small price, I printed 250 of these covers and then I photocopied the interiors. One of the things that you'll notice is this book, this uh, mini comic cover, is not comic book dimensions. So we made a mini comic. Brian Maruka is my writing partner on Street Angel and co-creator of Street Angel. So we made this Street Angel mini comic uh, on legal size paper, which is seven by eight and a half inches, not the two by three ratio that is standard for comic books. And this got me in a little bit of trouble because after we did the first mini comic, the reception was good. I sent it out to SLG as a potential publishing partner. They said yes, but they wanted comic book size. They did not want this kind of uh, almost a square format. And so one option was I could add like um, a comic strip or some kind of design or artwork across the bottom or the top margin in order to make up for the white space. I didn't really like that idea. You know, I wanted to do a series. I wanted it to be consistent and I didn't want to do essentially two strips per page throughout. So my solution was to redraw the Street Angel mini comic. And I considered including the Street Angel mini comic in this collection, but the story itself is almost identical to the redrawn version. Uh, the redrawn version hopefully is a lot better visually, but it's very close to the mini comic. So ultimately I decided not to include that in this collection. Uh, but you do see, despite the body of the book being black and white, I do have color covers and some color artwork interspersed throughout. So setting up this book, one of the things that I tried to do was to make each chapter or each story stand apart. And that meant wrapping it in covers. A lot of times these trade paperbacks or collections will have covers and things at the end. But Street Angel was always designed for each story to stand on its own, to be self-contained. Um, you know, if you got a Street Angel comic, whether it was a one-page strip or a 24-page comic, you were going to get a complete story because at the time, and, and I still believe this, it can be hard if you're collecting indie comics. Sometimes you're stuck with whatever you happen to come upon. It might be issue four of a series, issue seven, whatever the case may be. But it can be very hard to find in order all of the indie comics in a series. So my solution was that each issue would stand on its own as a self-contained story. And it's kind of how I wanted to build this collection. Um, I tend to read a lot at night and being able to read a comic book's worth of material and go to bed sometimes helps, especially after a long day. So that's how this series is organized. And you see right away, the first issue of the SLG series is the first story in this collection. Some of you may have seen this before. Uh, it's been out of print for quite some time. So a new collection of this material is, uh, is always welcome because probably for half of the 20 years that Street Angel's been out, it has not been available in print. And that's something that I always, um, always found frustrating along the way. So very happy to have this back and available to a wide audience. Street Angel, if you're unfamiliar with the character, is, I say, a homeless ninja on a skateboard. But she's also a bit of the opposite of the comics that I was seeing on New Comic Book Day in the early 2000s. I was growing bored reading the same comics, and it felt like most of those comics were characters like Peter Parker, Bruce Wayne, um, these guys that were adults, uh, spent a lot of time <laughs> emoting, and uh, just kind of were, were bummers, you know? Those comics had gotten in the post-80s into a very serious mood, and 
it wasn't that much fun for me to read. And the other piece of it that I was responding to or responding against was people had started creating comics for the trade at that point. So you would have four part, six part, eight part series that were stretching out over six or eight months and things were moving faster. You know, life was moving faster and I would find that the comics I was reading, I would have trouble keeping up with them. I'd have to go dig through stacks and find, you know, four month old comics in order to reread the storylines. And it was very off-putting. So Street Angel really came out of the, the idea that I wanted a book like this. And I'll say this is a superhero book, but it's one that is more about the fun rather than maybe the, the pathos. And uh, one that was easy to read no matter what issue you picked up. So that's what you're getting in this collection is probably a dozen or so Street Angel stories. Um, this is the back cover of issue one. And you can see it's done in sort of a Jim Lee-esque style. I always loved whenever artists would draw different characters, you know, um, especially if it was artists with distinct styles like a lot of the image founders. So whenever I started doing Street Angel, I couldn't afford to hire my favorite artist to do uh, pinups of Street Angel for the back covers. So I started trying to emulate different styles, um, something if you have followed my work, you've seen me do with the Red Room variant covers and uh, some Marvel covers over the years, is to try to capture or to um, to to reference different artists, different time periods, different production methods, um, all things that have served me pretty well, I think, over, over the years. So you get to see some of that in the back cover reproductions that are scattered throughout this collection. The videos are brought to you by the books that we make, and 2023 was and is a big year. 2024 is going to be just the same. The Hip Hop Family Tree Omnibus is out there. About 75% of this print run has uh, been accounted for, so you guys have about 25% left of our, our stock to go. Scoop up that book if you see it. It's going to make an excellent gift. The X-Men Grand Design Trilogy comes out uh, November 14th. It collects all of my X-Men Grand Design works inside of one nice, handy, uh, soft cover. Scoop that up. There are three volumes of Red Room that are uh, completed. Two of them are out on the stands right now, the Antisocial Network and Trigger Warnings. But coming to you in early 2024 is Red Room Crypto Killers with dozens of pages of extra features and commentary in the back. Street Angel Princess of Poverty is coming to you at the end of November. Uh, it is a companion piece to Street Angel Deadliest Girl Alive. Uh, you get both of these books. You have all of Jimmy's uh, Street Angel comics to date. He's been self-publishing, and here you have True Crime Funnies, the black and white zine, 1986 zine. Go to Jimmy's website. Uh, he might be sold out right at the moment, but uh, you never know. He, he might have fresh stock, depending on when you're watching this video. And uh, Hulk Grand Design is Jimmy's contribution to the Grand Design mythology that we have created for Marvel Comics. Now that we're done paying the bills, let's get back to the video. There's also bits of new artwork sprinkled in. This was an, a piece that ended up being unpublished, but I did end up doing some printing on a risograph with this. Uh, just a drawing that I really liked of Street Angel done in ballpoint pen. Uh, you can see a little bit of the red ballpoint pen on the tires, but otherwise ballpoint pen on pink paper. Um, this is a Street Angel piece that we actually worked on in an episode of Cartoonist Kayfabe where we were doing duo shade. We had gotten some duo shade paper, which if you see kind of the gray shadows on Street Angel's face and on her sword and then the bricks in the background, that is paper that has, um, it was sold with two chemicals and you would apply those chemicals in order to bring out a pattern in the paper. 
One chemical would bring out a lighter pattern. The second chemical would bring out the second pattern that ran perpendicular. And uh, we did a demo on an episode of Cartoonist Kayfabe where we kind of showed this technique out. Um, this used to be very popular. If you look at the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comics, you will see Duo Shade used a lot. And a lot of the black and white comics of the 80s, this was very popular, although this method and these materials go way back. Uh, Roy Crane and, and Washtubs and Captain Easy featured a lot of this kind of work. Noel Sickles on Scorchy Smith was another cartoonist who brought in these grays in order to make a more, uh, a greater variety of values in their artwork. These pieces of Street Angel battling a squid was something that was in the original SLG series. Uh, each issue would have this on the inside front cover, almost a design element, again, trying to make the most of a small independent comic. I would put artwork everywhere I could in the letters pages, on the inside covers, the back covers. And this turned into an ongoing battle between Street Angel and this squid and a variety of uh, different sporting events. In this case, I don't know, wrestling, boxing, maybe uh, early MMA right there. This is uh, issue two featured time traveling pirates who end up stranded in Angel City, which brings them to the attention of our heroine Street Angel as the pirates engage in a fight with the local ninja street gangs. Um, there's also a crashed Irish astronaut named Cosmic here who gets involved in the melee and uh, chaos ensues. Probably the most um, chaotic Street Angel story that we did in terms of a lot of different elements all crashing into one another. You can see my interest in wrestling already as we have the uh, an Incan god with a wrestling luchador mask. Back cover, an homage to Dan Clow's 8-Ball comics. I had gone through a phase really um, going from the Marvel DC image style comics into alternative comics in the early 2000s as I started making comics. So this influence was very fresh in my mind. Chance to uh, look at his work. One of the nice things with doing these kinds of covers and, and style homages is it's a chance to really look at cartoonists that I liked and try to see their artwork a little bit differently. Think about the process and tools that they do and the elements that make up their art, such as lettering, something that's very distinct in the work of Dan Klaus. All right, so I'm going to uh, kind of flip ahead to some of the other stories in the back. The entire SLG series is represented here. Um, one note on this one, this is issue number three of the original series. This is when I got my first sable hair brush. Uh, for anybody that's unfamiliar with sable hair brushes, they work very well with ink. Most of this original Street Angel series was inked with brushes, mostly cheap brushes up until this point. And I broke down and got a good sable hair brush. I can't remember if it was a Winsor Newton Series 7 or if it was a Raphael 8408. Um, you know, both of those brushes very well known for their quality, but I could tell as soon as I got that brush that it was different than all the cheap vinyl brushes that I had been using up to that point. And you can really see it here where you can see that thin line to thick line move that brushes are known for. One of the things that make brushes such a great tool for drawing is their versatility to do a very, very thin line, but also a very heavy line in one stroke. And so uh, if you look at artists like Charles Burns, I think he's probably one of the, the best with a brush. 
in terms of that feathered line, but it was definitely something I was conscious of and was trying to, uh, to channel in my own work. So whenever I upgraded my tools, I could feel a major difference. I used to uh, say that I could actually feel the tooth of the paper through the, the brush, um, something that wasn't very impressive to most of the people that I told that to, <laughs> non-comics makers. Um, back cover on Street Angel number three, an homage to Johnny Homicidal Maniac, Joan and Vasquez's massive hit, also from SLG around that time period. Street Angel number four is a story that's probably the closest to the alternative comics style of that time period. It mostly focuses on Jessie's just a day in her life. You know, she's waking up, she's homeless, living on her own in an abandoned building here, and uh, kind of follows her around and uh, trying to find food and interacting with some local people, including a classmate who sees her dumpster diving. And uh, this is a very embarrassing experience for Jesse, as you can imagine. Um, this story is actually in the National Archives now. They had reached out to me uh, based on the subject matter of this particular issue. And so I donated that artwork to the National Archives. You can, see, you can request to see it if you visit the National Archives, something that SPX often takes groups to. I think maybe every year they take a group of, of visiting artists there. And it was donated about the same time as the artwork from Steve Ditko's Amazing Fantasy number 15, which is kind of amazing. And, and I've had the good fortune of seeing that artwork at the National Archives. So a couple of, a couple of uh, comic book pieces you may want to request the next time you're going on a tour there. Back cover of issue four, an homage to Harold Gray's Annie comic strip. And um, this one was really enjoyable for me because it's very different techniques than what you have seen so far in this comic and represented me finding comic strip reprints and starting to get into those and to read those uh, which really expanded my idea of comics and, and really um, kind of took me in yet another direction you know after spending time with alternative comics after superhero comics probably the comic strips or something that I started to dig into after that found the uh, Smithsonian collection of comic strips around that time period and uh, never looked back. So this is the final issue of the original series. This is also the first appearance of Aphrodisiac. A funny bit of trivia for this story is I also did a short Aphrodisiac story for Ad House Books, um, superhero anthology. And that book, Project Superior, ended up coming out the same exact day as Street Angel issue five, which means the first appearance of Aphrodisiac is either of those books. They literally came out on the same day. Playing with a lot of uh, two-page spreads, and you can see even at this point I was into Outlaw Comics and that black blood that would populate so many of those great black and white Outlaw Comics of the 80s and 90s. A couple of chaotic fight scene pages here. Um, two-page spread that I think is clearly me referencing the work of Jeff Darrow, an artist that we've gotten to know very well on Cartoonist Kayfabe, but up to this point, I had just been a fan of. So you can kind of see these different styles working through. And the back cover, not a specific artist, but more of an anime reference, which I think worked out really well for these characters. And a friend of Brian's did translations for us in Japanese for the lettering around there. This cover on the left can't remember if this was published anywhere, but it was an alternative cover, possibly going to be the back cover of issue five in a style of Jack Kirby. Didn't end up using that one, 
but a perfect place for it here in this collection. Old Christmas card. I've done a couple of Street Angel Christmas uh, items over the years. A mini comic one year, and uh, in that case, just a, a postcard. This was a four-page story from the SLG Free Comic Book Day book one year. They would do an anthology for a couple of years, and one of those years happened to be when Street Angel was happening, so put, put a uh, story in that Free Comic Book Day issue. These are one-page comics that were done for TCAF, the um, Toronto Comics and Arts Festival. In its early days, they would do, I can't remember if it was a free comic book day issue tie-in or if it was something promotional for the show, but it was basically a comic book. I think this issue had a James Jean cover or a Darwin Cook cover or a collaboration between the two. Um, either way, I was, uh, was able to do a couple of Street Angel one-pagers for that anthology, which was really fun. It's such a difference to do a one-page story rather than a 24-page story. It's uh, totally different considerations. And one thing you can see in these, I'm starting to use a pen, a pen nib, probably a tip that was given to me by Dave Cooper, who at the time was doing a lot of drawing with the Hunt 102 pens. That was a tool I did not use very much up to that point and just kind of fell in love with it immediately once I started using it on his recommendation. Uh, a couple more one-page strips. Some ads. These two are pieces of ads that appeared in the Comics Journal. Whenever that was a monthly print publication, I did a couple of ads for Street Angel in that publication. Can't remember what those cost, but uh, money well spent because I did end up getting a, a very favorable uh, review in the Comics Journal around that time period. Paradox Lost, the time travel story where Street Angel faces herself. This is also done in pen. So you can kind of see me trying different tools throughout the run of this. If you were looking closely at the lettering, you would see lettering that is done with rapidographs, lettering done with markers, done with a Hunt 102, and done with various speedball C nibs. So really, um, you know, this is my first chance to try to figure out how to make comics properly. Um, some of the pages from this collection in the early part, I was drawing the, the live art at 11 by 17 inches, which made my originals like 13 by 19 inches, which wasn't the standard, but I didn't really know. You know, it was hard to come, come by information at that time, and I believe somebody at SLG kind of steered me in the right direction. I linger on this spread because it's probably one of my favorite things I've drawn, mostly because I love lettering. And uh, again, trying to do something different with fight scenes can always be a challenge. So that was a solution I was pretty happy with. This is the cover to the original SLG Street Angel collection. You can see some of the pull quotes here. Comics Journal and Wizard Magazine both had uh, done some write-ups of Street Angel early on, probably as those magazines were uh, fading from their, their regular monthly print schedules. A Ring Before Dying. Around this time, I started publishing a lot with Ad House Books, and this was a story that I did for one of their anthologies. Uh, also heavily using pen nibs on this story, and it's kind of influenced, I think, by Japanese horror movies like The Ring. Can't remember if this was done for um, around a Halloween tie-in or not, but it seems like it would have worked pretty well. It's a bit of a ghost story, and uh, Street Angel ends up befriending this character in the hospital and uh, the hospital is haunted. 
and another example of me trying to experiment with these fight scenes and trying to make the fighting uh, look a little bit different, you know, keep keeping it fresh. That's one of the challenges, I think, with superhero comics is how to, how to get the most out of a fight scene, whether it's storytelling or entertainment or visuals or whatever. There's a lot to consider there, and there are, I don't know, hundreds of thousands of pages that you're competing against. You know, we've all seen a lot of superhero fight scenes, so what can you do to stand out and do something different? Um, Eagle Run, this is another one-page strip. Really enjoy these, although I don't know how somebody does primarily like uh, Sunday one pagers because it does take a lot of effort. You know, you're trying to do a beginning, middle, and end all in one piece. This is the Street Angel Ad House Books cover from uh, early 2010s, I believe. And um, this is the collection that I presented to Image Comics whenever I pitched doing Street Angel comics with Image Comics. So, very uh, good timing on the part of Ad House Books to, to have that collection out and available whenever I needed it. So one of the bonuses, uh, well, first, this piece on the left, one of the first screen prints that I ever made, I did this in my garage and I actually did it as a series. There were um, three of these Street Angel images, uh, each one, you know, a different drawing. And then I printed that, I think, I can't remember if I switched up the inks or switched up the papers, but it was very early for me of experimenting with, uh, with different screen printing and more or less it, it worked. You know, I've seen people who, for screen printing not to work, maybe the screen is overexposed or underexposed, but um, mine more or less printed correctly. You can see it's not lined up perfectly, but part of the charm of screen printing, I think. And then the story on the right, this is a version of Street Angel's Dog. This was the first comic that I made whenever I signed up to do Street Angel at Image Comics. Image requires you, or at least they required me to have three stories done before we would solicit the first story. So I did the first issue, the first story. I wrote it, drew it, colored it, lettered it, and, uh, and turned it into image. And then, you know, went off to do the second story. Each story I liked better. So by the time we were ready to publish, this was my, was the story that had been closest to this original run of Street Angel, but furthest from some of the stuff that I was now doing at Street Angel, which involved uh, the comics that are in Street Angel Deadly Scroll Alive, you know, some of these are drawn in pencil, some of these are drawn on an iPad, so it looks a lot different than this traditional pen and ink style. Um, we also, the character continued to evolve. So if you happen to have Deadly Scroll Alive or if you have Street Angel's Dog, the Image Comics 2018 free comic book day issue, you can compare those two stories. Um, we have not often, but a few times on Cartoonist Kayfabe, we'll find a story that is drawn by a different artist or maybe the same artist, but redrawn at a different time. And I always enjoy comparing that to see how does an artist change over time? So this story was done. It was the first image story that I made and Street Angel's Dog, that was the free comic book day issue, was the last image Street Angel comic that I completed. So it's kind of a fun comparison to see how I treated that character after, you know, in the beginning, not working on the character really for a couple of years and then working on nothing but Street Angel for a few years and how that looked by the end of the process. So a bit of a bonus piece here for everybody. And uh, this is a story that had not been published before, although I did make some ash cans of it because I would finish these stories and then I would run off to Kinko's or a local print shop and print an actual comic sized edition so I could see it at size, I could see the spreads and I could kind of read it the way 
the way it would look as a comic book. You know, you're not going to be able to read it exactly like a reader would because you just know more about the story than they do. But it's a chance to uh, see the work at size and to get a sense of what's working and, and what maybe needs more attention. And even this version of the story, I actually changed a little bit before I finished up, uh, before I submitted it to Image Comics, I made some changes within the story and pages and panels were redrawn. So this is a real glimpse of how it started out at Image Comics. And I think it fits in this collection pretty well in terms of the artwork and almost as a transition from the black and white work to the color image series. And I mentioned a couple minutes ago that I had used different lettering um, tools throughout. Whenever I started working at Image, I wanted to really make a comic the way comics were being produced at that time. And so part of this story is done with a digital font that I created myself. And um, at this point, when I look back through it, I have a hard time figuring out what is the font and what is hand lettered. So again, something for the, uh, for the craftspeople at home to enjoy, you know, almost like Easter eggs going through this collection. Um, some more unused artwork from, uh, I think this was an early cover concept uh, that I didn't end up using anywhere, but I liked how it looked, so figured I would include it in this collection. And finally, bios, book lists, and uh, closing pages in the Image Princess of Poverty collection that is in stores this week, wherever you buy comics or books. Thank you very much. Hey, favors, like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell so that we can let you know what new videos are uh, available. We are a daily YouTube channel with more than 1,500 videos in our filmography, and there's a good chance we talked about some of your favorite comics. I encourage you to hit the magnifying glass on the front page of the Kayfabe YouTube channel, search for your favorite titles, and uh, check out those episodes. If, by chance, we did not talk about your favorite comics on the channel yet, you have to let us know. Do, the, do so in the comments. Let us know what those comics are, and we will push those comics a little bit higher on our to-read pile. Jimmy and I are going to be at Big Apple Comic Con uh, come December 16th. It's been years since we've been to the Big Apple, and uh, we look forward to seeing you guys. So, so please come through and bring your comics that we have yet to sign. We have a Patreon, and on the Cartoonist Kayfabe Patreon, uh, the King Kayfabers get all the videos before anybody else. And uh, w when the internet cooperates, they are hanging out with us in a live stream recording session as we uh, make these episodes, mitigates the kayfabe effect. They, they, get, they have access to the comics that we talk about before anybody else uh, can scoop them up on the aftermarket. Ultimately, the videos are brought to you by the books that we make. And Before You is a pretty good sample of our bibliography, but we'll get into the nitty gritty. Jimmy, let the people know what you got coming out soon. My next release is Street Angel, Princess of Poverty from Image Comics. This will be out in late November in time for the holiday gift for the uh, action comic, superhero comic lover in your life. And Street Angel Princess of Poverty collects all the Street Angel comics that are not in Street Angel Deadliest Girl Alive, also available from Image. And uh, get both books, it'll complete your collection. I've been self-publishing lately. True Crime Funnies number one is available on jimrug.com along with BW and 1986 zine. And if they are sold out there, you can still read them on patreon.com slash jimrug. And my contribution to the grand design history is the Hulk, which is available in limited quantities because it is sold out at the uh, distribution level. So if you haven't added Hulk grand design to your collection yet, you need to pick that up next time you hit the comic shop. 
Hip-Hop Family Tree Omnibus is my big one for 2023, and uh, it is going fast. Man, there's more than uh, probably 75% of this print run is gone, and stores have been re-upping. It was the number one reordered book on, on Comicron. Uh, so thank you guys so much. Thanks to stores for uh, for supporting the book. But if you even have any thought that you that you want this or you want to get it as a gift, make sure you scoop it up uh, right away. Uh, it's the best book I've made to date. 500 plus pages. 10 year anniversary of Hip Hop Family Tree. 50th anniversary of the culture. Scoop it up. Uh, not the last holiday release I'm going to have. Uh, coming November 14th is the X-Men Grand Design trade paperback, collecting all of my X-Men Grand Design works. Uh, a couple volumes of that, that is out of print uh, as we speak, so make sure uh, if you are missing out on your uh, X-Men Grand Design, scoop that up, you'll get it all in one. And there is a trilogy of horror comics that I've made under the Red Room umbrella, Anti-Social Network, Trigger Warnings, and coming in January is this trade paperback right here called Crypto Killers, which uh, collects my 2023 season of Red Room comics with a bunch of extras, uh, probably nearly 100 pages of, of extras in, uh, in, 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 in that run, in that book. The books are the most important part of keeping cartoonist kayfabe solvent and uh, functional. But there are some other ways to support the channel. Jimmy, let the people know. You can subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe newsletter at the links below this video. You can also pick up Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts, merchandise, mugs, stickers, and more at our spread shop. That link is also under this video. All good ways to support the channel. Give them those final merchandise, Jimmy, and we'll be on our way. Read more comics.